want to welcome my faithful and the loyal Middle and listeners. <clears throat> welcome to day 22 of the Bible in one year. Today's focus is on Genesis 44 through 45. So we have a lot of ground to cover today. So we want to spend a lot of time summarizing things we've already covered. Yesterday we saw Joseph's first two tests of his brothers. We saw him test his brothers to humble themselves before God, and so I am test their integrity, and today we see Joseph's ultimate test for them, and the test was whether they were willing to sacrifice themselves in order to save others, in other words, <coughs> it was a test of character, so Genesis 44, 1-2 says this, Joseph commanded his steward, fill the men's bags with as much food as they can carry,
to the city and they show solidarity with a Benjamin, which was one of the things that Joseph wanted to see. So picking up in verse 14, going through verse 17, we see this. When Judah and his brothers reached Joseph out, Joseph's house, <coughs> he was still there. They fell to the ground before him. What have you done? Joseph said to them, Didn't you know that a man like me could uncover the truth by divination? There's that ploy of divination again. Can we say to you, my Lord Joseph replied, how can we plead, how can we justify ourselves? God has exposed your servant's iniquity. We are now, my Lord, slaves, both we and the one in whose press, in whose possession the cup was found. And Joseph said, I swear that I will not do this. The man in whose presence, in whose possession, excuse me, the cup was found, will be my slave. The rest of you can go in peace to your father. So Jacob's most trusted son, Judah, speaks with a group here, bowing to the ground before Joseph. <coughs> Judah confessed that God had exposed their iniquity, which was a reference to the sin they had committed against Joseph more than 20 years earlier. Second Judah maintained the group's solidarity by indicating that all the brothers, not just Benjamin, would become Joseph's slaves. And Joseph's rejection of this offer added more tension to an already tense situation, which is exactly what Joseph wanted to do. So the last section of chapter 44, we're going to split into two parts. And the first part is... 44, chapter 44, verses 18 through 29. It just says this. But Judah approached him and said, My Lord, please let your servant speak personally to my Lord. Do not be angry with your servant, for you are like Pharaoh. My Lord, ask his servants, Do you have a father or a brother? And he said, My Lord, we have an elderly father and a younger brother, the child of his old age. The boy's brother is dead. <clears throat> he's the only one of his mother's sons left, and his father loves him. Then you said to your servants, Bring him to me, so that I can see him. Please send to my lord. The boy cannot leave his father. If he were to leave, his father would die. Then you said to your servants, If your younger brother does not come down with you, you will not see me again. This is what happened when you went back to your servant, my father, who reported to him the words of my lord. But our father said, go again and buy us a little food. We told him, we cannot go down unless our younger brother goes with us. If our younger brother isn't with us, we cannot see the man. The servant, my father, said to us, you know that my wife bore me two sons. One is gone from me. I said he must have been torn pieces, and I have never seen him again. If you also take this one from me, anything happens to him, <clears throat> you'll bring my gray hairs down to shield in sorrow. <laughs> Judah's speech here is the longest in the Bible by any of Jacob's sons. It's 218 words in Hebrew. And it marks the turning point in the relationship between Joseph and his brother.
thus his life is wrapped up with the boy's life. When he sees that the boy is not with us, he will die. Then your servants would have brought the great hairs of your servant, our father, down to Sheol and sorrow. <coughs> your servant became accountable to my father for the boy, saying, If I do not return him to you, I will always bear the guilt for sinning against you, my father. Now please let your servant remain here as my lord's slave in place of the boy. Let him go back with his brothers. For how can I go back to my father without the boy? I could not bear to see the grief that would overwhelm my father. You see, Judah had once separated his father Jacob from a son of Rachel by making Joseph a slave in Egypt. And to save the life of the clan, he had voluntarily made himself accountable to his father for the well-being of Benjamin. Rachel was the only other son besides Joseph, and now Benjamin, like his older brother Joseph, was on the verge of being made a slave in Egypt, knowing that he would always bear the guilt for sinning against his father if Benjamin did not return home. Judah volunteered to remain in Egypt as Joseph's slave. Joseph, that his brother's characters had truly changed over the twenty years that they had been separated, which means they passed Joseph's final test. In chapter 45, gives us the climax of Joseph's amazing story. So, Genesis 45, 1-8 says this, Joseph could no longer keep his composure in front of all of the all of his attendants. <clears throat> so he called out, sent everyone away from me. No one was with him when he revealed his identity to his brothers. But he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard it, and also Pharaoh's household heard it. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But they could not answer him because they were terrified in his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, Please come near me. And they came near. I am Joseph, your brother, he said, the one you sold into Egypt. And now don't be grieved or angry with yourselves for selling me here, because God sent me ahead of you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land these two years, and there will be five more years without plowing or harvesting. God sent me ahead of you to establish you as a remnant within the land to keep you alive by a great deliverance. Therefore, it was not you who sent me here, but God. He had made me a father to Pharaoh, lord of his entire household, and ruler over all the land of Egypt. So in the first four verses, we see that Joseph was overwhelmed <coughs> by Judah's words. And not wanting or wishing to lose his dignity before his Egyptian attendants, he orders everyone but his brothers out of the room. Joseph then released more than 20 years of pent-up emotion, being so loudly that the Egyptians outside the room heard it. Joseph's revelation of his true identity, undoubtedly spoken in Hebrew, not in Egypt. Not an Egyptian, excuse me, so terrified his brothers that they could not answer his questions about his father's well-being. Violating protocol, Joseph ordered his brothers to come near him, so he could speak to them 
time explicitly identifying himself. In process 5 through 8 of the theological high point of the account of Joseph's life, in one of the most eloquent affirmations in the Bible regarding God's sovereignty in human events, with amazing spiritual maturity, Joseph confessed that God had worked beyond the foul intentions of his older brothers to accomplish two vital things to preserve the life through Joseph's leadership leading up to and during the seven year famine to establish Israel as a remnant on earth. The word remnant is an important term used to refer to Israel as the people group who would pass along God's blessings through the generations. Three times Joseph affirmed that it was God, not his brothers, who had sent him to Egypt. Therefore his brothers did not be need to be grieved or angry with themselves. God made Joseph, a father, a top, top, a top level advisor to Pharaoh, and a ruler over all the land of Egypt. <coughs> and Genesis 45, 9-15 continues the story by saying this, Return quickly to my father and say to him, This is what your son Joseph says, God has made me lord over all Egypt. Come down to me without you can settle in the land of Goshen <clears throat> and be near me. You, your children, and your grandchildren, your flocks, your herds, and all you have. There I will sustain you, for there will be five more years of famine. Otherwise, you, your household, and everything you have will become destitute. Look your eyes in the eyes of my brother Benjamin. Can see that I am the one speaking to you. Tell my father about all my glory in Egypt. And what all you have seen, and bring my father here quickly. Then Joseph threw his arms around his brother Benjamin and wept. Benjamin wept on his shoulder. Joseph kissed each of his brothers as he wept. Afterwards, his brothers talked with him. So Joseph, who had once presented a plan to Pharaoh to save Egypt, now offered a plan to his brothers to save Israel's clan by moving them to Egypt to live in Goshen during the five more years of famine that would come. Goshen was a region in the eastern portion of Egypt's Nile Delta, and also known as the land of Ramses, the brothers who were still having trouble believing that Joseph was not only alive, <coughs> but ruling in Egypt as Joseph threw his arms around his brother Benjamin and wept to their amazement. He also kissed each of his brothers who had once plotted to kill him. So the next nine verses we are just are, are just going to be summarized. We are just going to summarize. Going to summarize. We're just going to summarize the next five verses. So Genesis 45:16-20. So affirming the commands Joseph had given, Pharaoh told him to have his brothers load their animals with food, go back to Jacob and Canaan, and then return with their families. So new to this set of instructions was Pharaoh's provision of wagons from the land of Egypt to transport the weaker members of the clan down to Egypt. The promise that Joseph's family could live in the best of the land of Egypt and that they would be permitted to eat from the riches of the land. 
So the next is seven verses. So Saint Joseph supplied his brothers with generous provisions for the journey back to Canaan, as well as idols for the clan return to Egypt. Clan return to Egypt. With the generous provisions for the journey back to Canaan, as well as idols for the clans return to Egypt. <coughs> the translation of Joseph's final command, don't argue, is uncertain. It may also mean don't fear or don't take undue risk. So finally we come to the end of this portion of Joseph's story, which is in Genesis 45, 25-28. And it says, so they went up from Egypt and came to their father Jacob in the land of Canaan. <clears throat> they said, Joseph is still alive, and he is a ruler over all the land of Egypt. Jacob was stunned, for he did not believe them. But when they told Jacob all that Joseph had said to them, and when he saw the wagons that Joseph had sent to transport him, the spirit of their father Jacob revived. Then Israel said, Enough, my son Joseph is alive. I will go to see him before I die. So Jacob experienced a sorrow of emotion when the group returned from Egypt. Initially, he experienced, he experienced relief as all 11 brothers came back to him. His heart went numb or was stunned when he was told that Joseph was still alive. He realized his other sons had maintained a deception for 20 years. Jacob agreed to go see him before he died. He got a promise of blessing to Jacob, which comes from Genesis 32, 29. And 35, 9 had proven true, had been proven true. All because Joseph was a man who acted justly, loved mercy, and walked humbly with God. And tomorrow's Bible readings are Genesis 46-47, Matthew 15-1-28, Psalm, Psalm 19-1-14, and Proverbs 4-14-19.